Our analytical self tends to feel more calm and at peace when it has knowledge or understanding of a situation. When we feel prepared for presentations, competitions, performances, then we're calm, maybe some butterflies, but excited and at peace. But what happens when our best laid plans go sideways? What do we fall back on? Is it plan B? Or something more profound? Hola, chicas. I'm Consuelo Crosby, born with both sides of my brain fighting for attention. Structural engineer and creative. Mother and mentor, center of any spontaneous fiesta, if I've had my morning latte. I give it all to being a first-generation Peruvian badass chica. So grateful you're here today, wanting to shed that armor, relax into your truth, pick up your salsa step, tune out what's getting to you, and be lifted from goddesses of generations past that taught us to live life large and out loud. Because we're not blending in. Life links. Knowledge you didn't even know you had to be the badass chica you were born to be. Hola, chicas. Hope you're all doing well and staying safe as the weather changes and you're seeing an end to the year with a slower routine and some peace of mind. For many of you, holidays are coming up really quickly, so I hope you're able to set aside from work and focus on the beauty of your celebration. Me being Catholic, today, December 8th, is a holy day. It's the Immaculate Conception and a day of devotion for a billion and a half people across the world. This day personally is at the core of the story in this episode, and probably not in the way you think. It is a perfect time of year, though, to take a moment and assess how much of your life revolves around work, and how much of life is devoted to something more meaningful that revolves around people. It's also a time when we reflect on self, on faith, and the world as a whole to bring peace into our lives. That's what we're focusing on today in this podcast. Bringing peace into our lives, both from our brain and our soul, from a place of knowledge and a place of faith. Our analytical self tends to feel more calm and at peace when it has knowledge or understanding of a situation. When we feel prepared for presentations, competitions, performances, then we're calm, maybe some butterflies, but excited and at peace. But what happens when our best laid plans go sideways? What do we fall back on? Is it plan B? Or something more profound? We're going to get into these ideas today, but first, I hope you all had fun with the November newsletter recipes and the special story available for our newsletter subscribers. It's up on our website, but password protected still, so that our newsletter subscribers have a chance to revel in it. The December newsletter is going to be filled with Peruvian recipes for the Christmas season, and another story available to our subscribers. So really appreciate you signing up at thelinks.com and getting in the mood at this time of year. Besides the gathering of friends and family, the holidays, in all type of celebration and beliefs, 
have a base story in overcoming struggle by banding together in faith. At Hanukkah, the story speaks of fighting against oppression, against all odds of succeeding, yet having the faith to endure and ultimately persevere. At Christmas, the story speaks of traveling far to pay honor to a newborn at the risk of being killed, yet having the faith to follow an unknown path to success. Now, both stories speak of divine intervention, but it may be less about divine intervention and more about the personal faith of the individuals who would risk their lives for the benefit of others. They were acting from their souls, far outside their comfort zone, and disregarding what their brains had laid out for them. They believed in their convictions, made deliberate plans, and set out to complete them. But when they hit the infamous bump, the challenge, what did they do? They didn't panic or quit, but instead held fast to the belief that all would work out in the end. Now, admittedly, these stories may have been altered to bring more dramatization for people, but even that is compelling us to consider what would we do in the situation. The stories acknowledge the difficulties we face on any given day, no matter how prepared we think we are, and encourage us to dig deeper within ourselves and carry on. Honestly, if you were to retell the stories in today's terms, I feel the outcome would be completely different. I won't even go there now, but I'm pretty sure SNL has done their version of these stories with today's behavior. Faith has become a prickly topic. Unfortunately, in many parts of the world, Faith is viewed either as a hocus-pocus concept of make-believe or a weak man's need for lack of knowledge or a construct's attempt of control over people. Oftentimes, faith is tied solely to religion, and religion can be off-putting because of the demands it places on us. We also tend to assign people representing the religion as the core of the belief but not so much. Something like our presidency. We can have some real doozies, but one person is not the sole representation of an entire entity, especially one that has endured for thousands of years of human struggles. Besides, humans have always searched for something to guide them through life. Everything from crystal balls and tarot cards to meditation and religion. Humans from the beginning relied on the constellations and Earth to help them survive. And in return, they gave homage. They paid back. There was reciprocity. Other eras of humans kind of made bets with their gods. They were more like, I'll give you all this gold if you make me king. I'm not sure we really call that a religion or faith. I think that's just Vegas. And others have embraced religion to form their faith and find refuge from the harshness of the human condition. The premise is that humans do not want to be alone in their struggles. 
alone in their fears and hopes. We tend to want others to have sympathy towards us, and we want comfort. But when we're asking other humans to give us comfort when they themselves are struggling, then things can go sideways, and we find ourselves alone in our problems. At that point, we might want to quit. And understandably so. There is only so much we humans can take on and still keep our minds at peace, still feel calm. So what do all these forms of seeking comfort or knowledge really mean? I like to view them as either comforting the brain or fueling the soul. Things that comfort the brain tend to be what's learned, either from ourselves or others. And the more knowledge we have, the more confident we are at making decisions, either in the present moment or for the future. But knowledge is actually equally limiting, too. The further you go out of your comfort zone, the more knowledge you have to learn in order to feel okay with that. Well, this doesn't work at all in spontaneity and keeps you on an indefinite planner of assignments and schedules. Thankfully, this works well for most of us, and organizing chaos by scheduling our time does bring a lot of comfort. But soothing the brain and calming the mind also has a long history in superstition. You witness them still every day. Maybe they're out of habit or humor, but still, there's some remnant that brings comfort to the person following the superstitions. Performers on stage still say, break a leg, in order to ward off catastrophe. Football players have their pre-game routines that, if broken or overlooked, would bring a pall on the game. Don't even get me started with the spectators. If we say something wishful or we tempt the fates, we quickly utter, oh, knock on wood. Are you superstitious? Even a little bit? I think we all have a little bit in us as an extra solve to our fear of the unknowns. Knowledge is also our attempt to place understanding on something we truly don't understand. Much of our lives are spent trying to explain phenomena beyond our comprehension. People dedicate their lifelong careers towards understanding the inexplicable. And the funny thing is, if we can't explain it with our human brains, we tend to assign it to aliens. As if humans couldn't be moved to do something beyond human capacity or comprehension. Here is where faith lies. The belief that moves us outside our comfort zone, beyond our knowledge, beyond our head, to accomplish amazing feats for ourselves and for others. Faith fuels the soul into power, and with that power, it leads us out of the known and into the unknown. And that's where the answer may lie. Without faith, the answer may remain out of reach. I was raised with a lot of superstitions from my mom. It's really funny now that I look back on it, but something I also picked up from her. Both of us are deeply religious, complexly spiritual, 
yet will spin off some old-school superstitious response if we feel threatened. There's the typical knock-on-the-wood moments and the quick silence when making condemning remarks that would tempt the fates into actions. But there's also the more subtle ones that kind of border on wishes rather than superstitions. One of my favorites is the Peruvian wish you make when the last drops of a bottle are poured into your glass. This is a perfect thing to learn right now before the holidays. You're going to have many opportunity to make your wishes. Now, the bottle has to be substantial, more than 12 ounces, and of course, the fermented type is preferable. If the last drops of the bottle are poured into your glass, then you take the bottle, make a wish silently to yourself, blow into the bottle, and cover the top with your thumb. In that moment, when you want that wish to happen, when you want the universe to take over and do its work, You release your thumb, and with it, release the wish out into the universe, because it's not going to happen if you keep it to yourself. But the superstitions from my childhood were the scariest, because it took a while to outgrow the fear that they would come true. These are ones my mom would tell me. There was the one regarding my behavior. If I was breaking the rules, then the gypsies would come in the middle of the night and take me away. Who tells that to their child before bedtime? Did you know how many times I heard wagon wheels and horses because I thought they were coming to get me? Or another one was if I didn't wash my face and brush my teeth, then spiders would kiss my face at night. Obviously, I'm sleep deprived at this point. I didn't pass these on to my kids, so I don't know if it was parenting skills or lack thereof. Another one is if you stared into the fire, because we all were allowed to have fires back then. If you stared into the fire at night, you were going to wet the bed. I have no idea what that one was all about. I don't see any threat from staring into a fire. It's a fine line between superstitions and wishes. But for me, the lines get even more blurred between superstition and faith. This was in full play throughout my life with my mom, and I only recently began to understand it better. In general, I realized that she relied on superstition when she was afraid, when she needed to ward off evil. That was her brain in action. But she turned to her religious faith when she was asking for a positive outcome. Now, these may sound the same to you, and I have to agree. That's the blurry line that I didn't understand when I was younger, and I've thought about it a lot over the years so I could settle it, because I kind of live within it. That blurry line really put me in a difficult place my freshman year of college. If you listen to Monday's bonus episode, turning double standards into double wins. You heard that I blew out my knee playing volleyball when I was 17. This story picks up from there because stubborn me did not want to stop playing volleyball. And since the medical professionals had misdiagnosed me with just a dislocated kneecap, I went on to play in college. 
Well, that was short-lived because it took all of six weeks to land badly on that knee and bam, locked it. Couldn't move it at all, not from pain or swelling, but from literally having a piece of cartilage blocking it so the bones couldn't move. Basically frozen. Again, stubborn me. I didn't want to go home since it was my first quarter at college and right before finals. So I hobbled on crutches for a couple of weeks. This was actually insane, and I don't know what I was thinking, except probably I was afraid of being seen as a quitter. Someone who couldn't handle it. Definitely a spinoff of my upbringing. Probably associated to the you-can't-do-it-because-you're-a-girl thing. But I lived on the third floor of a dorm with no elevator. And that dorm was two flights of stairs above the street that was at the top of the hill of the campus. And of course, I had classes at the bottom of the hill. Does this sound like the old person describing how they walked to school in the snow uphill both ways? It was like that. It was nearly impossible. Needless to say, I was eternally grateful that my orthopedic surgeon agreed to repair my knee the day after finals, December 7th. Now, that day may not resonate as strongly with you as with my generation or my parents. My husband and I actually won a trivia contest because we knew this answer. December 7th is Pearl Harbor Day, when the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor and brought us into World War II. And when my mom heard that I was having surgery on December 7th, she came racing down to stop it. Never mind that I had blisters under my arms, the size of pillows, and was exhausted and in pain. In her mind, having surgery on that day was doomed for failure. She was afraid that all bad things happen on Pearl Harbor Day. You might want to check in now and reflect back to yesterday. Did anything go a little sideways on you? I don't know. Maybe she was right. So instead, my mom convinced all of us to postpone one day to December 8th, the holy day. There, she could place her faith in a positive outcome. There, she felt safe to ask for intervention and positivity. There, she was not alone in her fear of apprehension or in devastated sorrow if something did go wrong. It planted the seed of how to give myself over to something greater, in pure faith, and to let go with what I could control. It was the start to what has become my deep and profound faith. Of course, we also had to go to church the day before surgery and pray for my health and safety, which meant up more hills, up more stairs, and sitting on wooden benches. Oh, she really put me through it that day. <laughs> You're supposed to rest the day before surgery. I wasn't completely sold on this faith thing back then. It took a lifetime to come to this point. I think meditation could have gone far in that moment. 
taking some time to calm the fear building in her thought. Mindfulness and deep breathing do offer respite from the chaos of our day. The methodology is valuable and helps keep our bodies and minds balanced and at ease. Somehow that deep breathing really introduces some head fuzzies that makes everything okay in the moment. But this deep breathing is purely for ourselves. It does make us feel calm in the moment, but does it prompt us to go beyond our comfort zone or just manage our current moment? To me, this methodology keeps you in the shallow end of the pool. A calm sense that yes, you're in water, but as long as your feet are on the ground, you won't drown. Now, if someone needs you at the bottom of the deep end, that could be outside your deep breathing calmness, especially if you don't know how to swim. So that's when hesitation and fear disrupt the calm because knowledge is limited or you're not prepared. But in the time that you may be worrying what to do, the person who needs you is in peril. That's the threat of operating only on knowledge, on operating only in calm. This is when you rely on faith to move you spontaneously, to hold your breath and have your lungs aching in order to help them. You've heard the stories of people lifting cars to free someone trapped underneath, or saving someone on a battlefield and remaining unharmed. My personal favorite and I'm sorry I didn't look this up further to find his name, but it's one of a professional football player that went off the coast of Florida with friends, but then their boat capsized and he clung to it for safety. And I remember listening to this story when I heard it a couple decades ago and really putting myself in his place because for as much as I love the ocean, my nightmares are rooted in those open ocean moments, of which this was probably one. And during his nightmare, he told himself that he had to survive because he didn't want to bring pain to his mother if he died. He survived. His friends did not. That. That is the faith that's needed to rise above what is known and be there for others, so they're not alone in their struggle. And in doing so, you rise in confidence, realizing that you have a deeper capacity than your brain gave you any credit for. Have you ever thought about how much books and movies, regardless of genre, are filled with teaching faith? I'm not talking about the Hallmark movies, more like Star Wars or Dune, and every holiday rom-com. I probably shouldn't put Frank Herbert's Dune adjacent to rom-coms, but you get the picture. <laughs> no pun intended. Oh, pun done. Each creative has come up with their version of what it would take to overcome struggle. Good versus evil, confidence over fear. They create a higher source to convey the message. Let go and rely on a deeper sense. Turn your brain off and trust your faith to overcome. 
In Star Wars, when Luke says to Yoda, I can't believe it, he quickly responds, that is why you fail. But more seriously, he also says, train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose. I love that. In Dune, it's Jameis uttering in a vision, the mystery of life isn't a problem to solve but a reality to experience, a process that cannot be understood by stopping it. We need to join it. We must flow with it. Nothing in that statement is saying, if only you knew more, this would not be so difficult. Each protagonist journeys through frustration and struggle in his attempt to do what he thinks, emphasize think here as in the brain, what he thinks is right, only to fail. Unknowingly, he is limiting himself to work within his fear, his known. It's when he lets go, gives in to whatever will happen, has no control over the outcome. Then he rises to a success that he could not envision with his knowledge. And in the rom-coms, well, it's definitely have faith in the dorky guy to be the perfect partner when your brain is screaming, ugh, but he's such a dork. Mm, I love my dorky guys. Always have. They're the best, and I know they're listening out there, and I love you. Now, you might be saying, Consuelo, these are just about little green men and a cool fight with blue-eyed warriors and bad decisions by the girl. And that works too. But you could venture out into the deep end a bit and reconsider. What I learned in life is that I could rely the most on people who had endured struggle with a calm sense of a deeper faith. Whereas others may be really organized, truly disciplined, or a little frenetic and still successful, if I needed help in the moment, those people probably wouldn't show up because I hadn't been scheduled into part of their plan for the day. Instead, it was the people that understood the chaos of life, lived through the chaos of life, rather than organize themselves away from it. They were the ones by my side in a heartbeat. These treasures live by empathy and they relied on faith to guide them through the chaotic, unknown moment of my need. Without them, raising my daughters would have been so much more threatening, because rarely will someone schedule additional work into an already impacted life. I don't think I'm on anyone's planner right now with go help Consuelo for three hours. Of course, you can always add me in. Or you could say, take Consuelo out for three hours. I'm game. I'm spontaneous. I rely on faith. I'm available. Enduring struggle to overcome life's worst challenges or even our worst decisions is evidence of faith that allows life to be lived at a more complex level. It's like I mentioned in episode 14. For all things in life, there is an equal and opposite reaction. The more struggle you embrace by facing what is before you, the more joy you will experience. 
joy that would have been beyond your reach because of the limitations of the knowns and the fear of the unknowns that you were living within. We may be able to reach high achievements by training ourselves through willpower, training our brain to persevere beyond pain and exhaustion, beyond fear. I think of Navy SEALs and ultramarathoners in this sense. They're able to do things way beyond a typical human capacity. They've willed themselves to complete the mission and shut out doubt. Because if doubt were to creep into their thoughts, the brain could short-circuit. All that methodical wiring could start unraveling and stop them in their tracks. Get stuck. It's happened to even the most prepared, most successful performers. The brain is finicky. It's organic and ultimately uncontrollable. Our empathy, based in faith, helps us share their struggle, helps us understand the moment so that they are not alone in it. This isn't a moment of failure or defeat. Instead, this is a moment of faith, of stepping off a path that was so well planned and orchestrated and moving into the unknown with a deep belief that it will be okay. Life will continue to be good. It's just leading to a different path. In a conversation of exchanged emails, I had the request to define faith for someone who didn't follow a religion and didn't quite understand the calmness behind faith. He was in search of strength to endure life's challenges that too often we face alone. The struggle is intense, and turning inward with some type of numbing compound rarely relieves the fear and anxiety that begin to take hold. It's truly scary to revel in this life without a sense of accompaniment, let alone have the accompaniment of only our most vulnerable selves. Faith allows us to feel that we're not alone with our struggles that we are handing it over, letting go of the control we try to maintain in our lives to avoid catastrophe. So in that moment, I wanted to try to describe to him what faith might feel like on any given day without the intent of trying. That if you reached this feeling that I'm trying to describe, therein is faith. This is what I wrote. Faith is the release of one's intellectual definition of reality, so that a free fall propels one into the vast unknown with the comfort that she will be caught, cradled, and soothed. Faith is the joyous reveling in the epiphany that all that human has created is temporary, passing, Pissy, phony, imitated, initiated, ended, forgotten. Yet our immediate world immerses us in that which is beyond human. This glorious blue sky, the crashing of the ocean tides, the emotional kick in the gut, the euphoric orgasmic pinnacle, the return gaze of innocence and vulnerability. Faith pushes us out of fear, manifests a godliness to create beauty, induce laughter, soothe sadness, 
garner strength from that which we can conceive in order to endure that which we cannot. Faith is beyond human definition, comprehension. It cannot be taught, but lived. It is personal, yet divine. The voyage is surreal, yet constantly passes through that which we comprehend and accept. Faith is bearing one's soul to her passions, prepared to receive the ultimate sacrifice, celebrating the sublime strength and vulnerability, and sobbing from the release of trying so hard to make it right. Faith is lack of gravity. Faith is the desire to fly, to float, to soar untethered, undirected, relying on the current we cannot see. Faith is the ultimate power to our freedom from all that humankind has created. I hope that resonates with you a bit and softens the days ahead. Relax into the comfort that you are not alone and reach out to others. We're more open and we do have more time than we allow ourselves. I really appreciate you listening and joining in the effort to bring comfort to this world, especially at this time of reflection. Step into your truth, ladies. Ciao. Really appreciate the time you take to rate and review the podcast. Get the backstory and what you've heard here today and reach out to us at thelinks.com. That's L-N-X-X. Because it's about time, it's about us. Stay in the groove on our social media at Lifelinks and get ready to make your move, ladies. Viva!